Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. All right, everyone, welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have Astrid DeGucci on with us. Astrid, how are you? Hey, what's going on? Excited to be here and talk some crabbing. I know, I'm stoked. So where are you from? Give us a little bit of a brief overview about yourself. Okay, so I was born in Peru, raised in New York, and now I live in Isla Mirada, Florida. In the Florida Keys, if people don't know where that is, with my fiance, who is a charter fisherman out of the famous Marina Bud and Mary's. And he's a backcountry guide, so there's a difference between backcountry and offshore and Back then, I used to think, you know, offshore was the coolest thing until he introduced me to backcountry fishing, and that's something that we love doing. What is the big difference between that? I mean, offshore is offshore, but is backcountry going through, like, mangroves and, like, going, obviously, backcountry? Yep, you're going into the Everglades National Park or, um, you know, into the Gulf sometimes, but there's actually bigger fish back there is what he's taught me, and, uh, you know, you get Goliath groupers, cobias in the Gulf, and then you get tarpon, snook, redfish, trout, and these cool fish called triple tails that is my favorite fishing to do because um, you're sight fishing a lot back there. So that's what makes it, I think, super awesome and a lot of catch and release too. When you grew up in Peru, was there fishing involved in your life or was that kind of introduced to you over here? So, you know, my mom actually was, a, there's big surfing in Peru. Um, that's what everybody grows up doing. I was there only until I was five years old, so I wasn't really exposed to a lot. Um, but the fishery since, I want to say, the 1970s or 80s has drastically just declined because um, we're actually going to Peru in about two weeks. We're Sick. going to Cusco, and we're going to go fishing in the Amazon. What? I guess it's kind of, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I guess it, it could kind of be considered like the backcountry of South America. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds epic. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to go fishing in uh, the Amazon for um, my fiance's, like, you know, most prized fish that he's ever wanted to land in Arapaima, and they call them baiche. Um So the Peruvians and South Americans, that's the name, the no local term for them is baiche, but Arapaima, and they're basically big tarpons. Um, so we're going to go on an expedition where we go, on a boat for three hours and then we go for like a two-hour hike deep in the amazon camping in the amazon um and we were watching like naked and afraid for a while and yeah yeah, like, yeah. we got like beekeeper suits because the trees <laughs> will kill you the big tarantulas oh, the anacondas my. but it's a big buckleless fish for him and i'm excited to see if i can survive the amazon but it's going to be a cool trip and of course Going to Peru, we got to see Machu Picchu and spend a couple of days in Cusco. So it's going to be an awesome trip. That sounds amazing. That yes. sounds insane. So fishing aside, let's get into crabbing. How the heck did you get into crabbing? And I didn't even know that crabbing was like a thing in Florida, to be honest with you. Yeah. So actually last year was our first season that we did it. I've, I've lived in uh, Isla Mirada for about a year um, and a half now. So last year was um, our first full year of kind of doing it and it starts in October, the crabbing season, and it's only for a couple months, I think six months. So, um, you know, in the state of Florida, you're allowed to have five recreational traps per person. So combined, we had 10. 
Um, and there's just so many different types of bait that you can use for them. I think that was something that we were trying to figure out. Um, a lot of people use carcasses. Um, we actually used um, cat canned food Wow. as well. Heard of um, that working really well, actually. Yeah, and then pig's feet is also a big bait. But it's so funny that these um, delicious stone crabs eat the most gruesome things. So when you're crabbing, are you on? Are you going off a boat or are you off the land? No, you are actually on a boat. You're dropping your traps in, um, you know, areas where you can retrieve them in like maybe 10, 15 feet of water. Yeah. Um, and there are some popular areas down here that a lot of people place in the same vicinity. So we kind of tried that out, but poaching is a big problem down here. Um, and there's only so much security that you can add to your stone crab trap. Um, you know, having indications like your own buoy colors, but who's to say that somebody can't just pull it one day. Yeah. And that's a, their first pull that we've ever, first couple pulls that we did, we, we found that um, because there was with the, the cat um, canned food, there were signs of stone crabs playing with it because they like to play with it, but there was no stone crabs in them. <laughs> and um, a thing about stone crabs too, is people don't realize we don't physically eat the crabs. It's just the claw and they have two sets of claws and we always leave them with one if they have two. Um, just for so they can defend themselves and they grow back within um, two, three years. So, mm -hmm. so, you know, stone crabbing is kind of cool where you're just taking a claw and, you know, letting them go. And it's they like a are lizard so, tail. yes, they're so <laughs> strong. That's one of the coolest things like grabbing them and they'll literally like try to flex so hard. And yeah. it is for a little tiny crab, how strong they are is pretty cool. So you were saying five traps per person. What about if you have multiple people on the boat? Is there a limit per boat? No, it's it's five traps per person. You have to get a license that's actually free to get um, through the FWC. Like you just have to no have a way. registration, understand the the rules um, on how to harvest stone crab claws. Um, but yeah, it's free. People don't you know realize that you just go on the FWC website. You have to be a resident of Florida. Um, Florida's and so sick. Free <laughs> crabbing license. Are you kidding me? Yes. So what do you do? You just go online, you learn all about the regulations and everything, and then you take a test. And if you pass the test, you get a free license? There is no test. Yeah, there is no test. It's just more of a, hey, just understand like how they have, how long the crab has to be, the, the fork length and stuff of the actual stone crab claw. Um, and there's also regulations to the trap where, you know, you have to have like a, like, compartment door where they can exit if you have one of the plastic traps if you have the wooden traps you don't need any kind of wall because it's made out of wood so it'll disintegrate if you lose place of it oh i see um, what you're saying yeah yeah so it's just knowing the procedures of how to get the stone crab claw and there are certain um you know areas that you can't drop them in and all of that fun stuff what is the best time to go crabbing in florida so october november whenever the water cools uh, and there's a lot of storms because that kind of helps the crabs move, um, you know. And yeah. is, is that the best time in Isla Mirada as well? Yeah. Um, just we noticed that the, the poles started getting better when the weathers uh, started getting cooler and there were hurricanes and kind of stuff that would be able to push the water and help the, the crabs move along. 
What about regulations for actual um, crabs themselves? Are, is there a limit for size and everything like that? So for the crab, no, it's more of the claw because you'll okay. find, yeah, wow. they're pretty, yeah, they're pretty standard when it comes to the, the you know, when it's a legal stone crab claw, you'll see that they're kind of, you know, average in size themselves. Um, but, you know, you don't want, and then even if they have two legal quote, like, you know, legal size crab claws, you don't want to leave them with, you know, no claws to defend themselves. Give me like a little overview on like your, your beginning in the morning time to when you come in, like what, how is it, how does it start and how does it finish? So you just kind of, well, if you're, you're starting at the beginning of the season, you, you get your 10 traps. If you're two people or your five traps, um, you know, you bait them up and you drop them. And then about a week and a half, two weeks later, you want to check them, pull them and just kind of see what oh, So types. you're leaving them out there for oh, a couple yeah. weeks. I couple thought you weeks. were just picking traps every single day, like no lobster traps, you know, you're checking them every day or kept every day. You know, 15 minutes. That's crazy. So you're doing it every couple of weeks. You're checking those traps. Yep. Every uh, we like to do two weeks just to let them kind of uh, sit. And we use a lot of pig's feet, which is you want bait that's going to, you know, stay there and stay uh, legit for the those couple days, you know. Um, so we found that the pig's feet were probably the best because they sustained and kind of um, stayed intact for the, the two weeks. So then you, you wait for two weeks and then when you start picking those traps, are you resetting them if they're, if they're empty to new spots? Yeah, we, we tried putting them in like the vicinity where everybody else keeps their trap, but like poaching, I said, was a problem. So my fiance had a, an idea of kind of moving them to an area would that would be kind of hard to get to if you were going to poach people's traps. So we kind of did that because he's got a backcountry boat. We were, were able to do that, um, and that actually worked out better because nobody really touched our traps. Um, and the other things you have to worry about too is like sometimes the um, the the sharks want your your bait too. So you know we had we had these wooden traps for the first season, and I think we're going to switch over to the plastic ones. Um, for the concern of the sharks being very aggressive and, um, you know, they're strong. So they want something they're going to, you know, fight to no end to get it. So you guys are getting crabs in the backcountry as well. It's not just open ocean kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like the the Everglade uh, Park County line is, um, you know, that there's just different parts throughout the entirety of the Keys where, there's good spots and bad spot, kind of where the water meets oceanside to more shallow water. What uh, do they do? These crabs like reef or bridges or um, where is their shelter that they're taking place? I would say on like in more shallow water and close to like some seawalls and stuff. And you were talking about the differences in traps. You were talking about wood traps and plastic traps. Um, you were saying you guys are going to transfer over to plastic traps. What is the biggest difference between those plastic traps versus uh, wood traps? I think the durability aspect of the plastic traps, because you're pulling them every two weeks. And, you know, our, most of our wooden traps were OK, but it was just like the sharks got to them or people got to them a lot of manhandling and you kind of had to baby them a little bit. So with the wooden ones, you kind of can be a little more um assertive with them and drop them in not have to worry so much and uh we're gonna try because we we've 
heard about other people's success with the um, plastic trap. So we're going to try that uh, this year. And what's the process like when you're when, when you're, you're dropping the traps? You kind of just drop it with a, a line and a buoy and um, you want to color your buoy so you kind of know where your traps are. Um, but you just kind of drop them in. There's no special process on and you want them in a line, too, so you can kind of see where you, you set your line. Kind of remember, um, too, where everything is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, you want them all kind of close together. When you're dropping traps, what kind of stuff are you avoiding? I mean, obviously, kelp or types of stuff that'll get in the way, right? Yeah, I mean, you you don't want to be too close to anyone else, too, because it's kind of like um, bad manners. Yeah. Um, so you kind of want to choose a, a spot that's where all your traps can kind of sit together and not be too close to a strangers. Um, and also, you know, you don't want to get poached easily as well. So you don't want to, you know, be right next to a channel where somebody can just, okay, let's just see what's take, here. <laughs> take it go. Exactly. When you're setting your traps, are you using a GPS to locate them or how, how do you guys remember we where do, you put them? We do, but the, like I said, it's a, it's a, if you kind of remember the general vicinity of where they are, it's not too hard to find because they're in like in shallow water. They're like in, you know, 10, 12 feet. It's not like you're in the middle of the ocean and 200 feet of water. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, the, the longer the line is too, and the tides fluctuate and stuff sometimes stuff moves around so with those traps are they do you ever find them just in different spots with with the tide swings and everything like that or are no, they pretty because, heavy yeah they're heavy because um the majority of them well actually all of them have concrete bottoms so oh, that wow. helps them to okay. sit yeah they all have concrete um bottoms and um yeah they, they always are in the area unless someone poached them <laughs> then, then they might be elsewhere and then do you guys have like a, a winch to pull them up uh, we actually just use our hands and pull. Are the you rope serious? Up. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's like so it's a full workout. workout. Yeah, <laughs> it's full a good workout. workout. That's rad. All right, let's talk about bait again. I just want to clarify this. So you're using pig's feet. You were saying pig's feet is something that people use, and there's carcasses, which is kind of like uh, you know part of the trade too, with him backcountry fishing or even hanging around the marina and asking for the offshore uh, captains for extra carcasses. Um, and sometimes people use iguanas. Are you kidding me? Yep. So, yeah, and they're good bait as well. I bet you that lasts for so long. <laughs> Lizard skin is gnarly, so I guess that thing's like a dinosaur, so that's they last kind of a long time. <laughs> what oh, yeah. um what is the biggest difference in bait and uh why do you guys use these types of bait? So, I think just because they like the the stinky baits. I don't know if it just draws them to getting into your your trap, but Iguanas and pig's feet are the best too because they sustain being in the water for so long and um, they're really stinky. I don't like touching the iguanas though. That's <laughs> pretty crazy that that bait lasts for two weeks. And and when you pull the traps after two weeks, does the bait still look pretty, pretty reasonable? Yeah, it looks, you know, like it can sustain a couple more days. But like if you put carcasses in there, I mean, you'll just, it'll all deteriorate within a couple, like maybe two days or sometimes it's just not durable <laughs> that is crazy that's so gnarly i've i really never knew that two weeks with a trap was a normal thing i thought it was like daily so much different yeah some people pull them every week we we like to do like a week and a half two weeks um but yeah and you know sometimes it's better to wait 
an extra week. Sometimes, you know, when the water is warmer, you want to pull it and see. Um, and sometimes you have to make adjustments like we had to do last year, just moving our traps to where they wouldn't get poached or, um, you know. Do you notice a difference in the water temperature for crabs? You do. Um, when it's cooler, you'll kind of see them want to move more. And um, it's just better. You get better pulls on cooler days and after hurricanes. Really? That's crazy. I guess everything gets stirred up and they're all stoked and start running around. And stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's your what's your favorite type of crab to get? Do you only go after uh, the stone crab? I mean, I just like them because they are just so unique and they're so strong and you're not like eating the entire crab. You're just taking a claw so you're releasing them to reproduce another claw. And um, they're just cool to look at too. And um, we had the opportunity to, to look for derelict traps. Um, yeah. Last year. And, and we have a video on it that all the things that we found, a lot of little lobsters that were hiding in these traps and, the doors, um, the escape doors that were meant for them to um, leave from, actually there's coral on some of them or some kind of sponge that grew, grow, grows over it and that prevents them from escaping. So they were traps. So for a lot of these derelict traps, we we're able to release all these baby lobsters. Um, but we did a whole video on it on YouTube. Um, it was a lot of fun and pretty cool to look at. Yeah, that's insane. So when you're saying that you're just pulling the claws off are you literally just pulling the traps up getting the crab pulling the claws off and then dropping them back in you just release them yep so wow. you're not pulling the, the there's a way to do it um with like a knife you you go into the tendon twist it and they'll pop off but yeah you don't want to twist them because uh, my fiance said that it kind of drowns them so you want to do it in a safe way and then after you get the one claw that's legal you release them back into the ocean and then they you know go on with their day and hope it doesn't happen to them again <laughs> that's super interesting and that's super rad uh because you're letting the crabs still survive and like you said it's going to grow back another claw which is huge so it just gives another chance for in a couple of years from now maybe you see that crab again and it's you're sustainable like, oh, up, for sure oh yeah <laughs> yeah there's so so, there's the one that we we found last year where he had one big, big colossal, you know, keeper claw we were excited about. And then he had this like itty bitty claw that so was a lot growing. Of, yeah. So a lot of people must know about that, right? Yeah, I think so. I think people in Florida do. I don't know if people in other states understand. Um, yeah. Because I mean, I, I never knew mom, that. So. Yeah. I told my mom about it and she was like, oh, you guys don't eat them? No, no, just the claw. And they're yeah. delicious. You know, they're one of the best eating crustaceans. What other crabs do you guys have there? I think we have some blue crabs. Okay. Um, yeah. I think that's pretty much it, though, honestly, from my understanding. Obviously, when you're handling those crabs, you have to wear gloves, right? You do want to. I've never gotten pinched yet, um, but I've heard <laughs> stories that they are, you know, just even grabbing them and then flexing, you understand how strong they are. Um, so I haven't gotten pinched yet, but. Do you have a happens. recommendation on, on gloves to wear for crabbing? Um, honestly, anything that's just non-slip, there's no, you know, you want to have a little feel to it. Yeah. Um, but Soloth makes these really good light ones with some grip that are great. Um, and you definitely want to wear fishing bibs and the salt life ones that they're going to come out with are perfect for they're it because so you're sick. in Florida. They're, you're in Florida and it's hot. And the other ones that I've had are so thick and just, you get, 
you know, you get dirty all the time and you don't want to wear it because it's just so hot. But the solid ones are perfect because they're breathable, they're waterproof, and, um, you know, they're perfect for Florida and crabbing. They're insane. I just got a got a pair actually, and I'm I got two pairs because I was going to keep uh, a pair on a boat that I have in Oregon, and I was like, ah, I might just keep both these here. So when I go yeah, bluefin yeah. tuna fishing, I'll put these things on. But they're really rad. Oh yeah, they're perfect. In regards to all the claws and stuff, where where do you keep them? Do you have a cooler that you just put the claws in, or? So we actually keep them in salt water um, at the same temperature that you and you want to do that so it doesn't um, stick to the shell. And it's so easy how to cook them. You just boil it for eight minutes in salt water. And then you want to put them in a salt water, like ice bath kind of thing right after you boil it. And you definitely want to get a stone crab claw um, crusher. That's like a half Otherwise, this so strong. I mean, we tried to do it with the hammer one time, just got so messy. And with that, um, you know, with the crusher, you it's so easy do you have any little recipes that you can shout out yeah i mean it's just you boil it for eight minutes um you want to get like a mustard sauce that stone it's called the stone crab mustard sauce and um, oh wow they have their own that's it the crabs have their own sauce <laughs> yes that's pretty impressive and it's, uh, oh yeah and that's literally it i mean stone crab claws by themselves are so amazing and you know that's 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 all you need are they pretty slow in the water or are they pretty quick? I think they're pretty quick because we've taken them out and they kind of move pretty fast. And, um, you know, they, they kind of see you. It's so funny because they see you and they'll put their hands, like their claws up. Really? And then one time you, I tried to reach one from behind and he just totally did like a matrix move. You ever like dive and like, see him around there? And I haven't. I haven't yet. I don't. Yeah. I, I wonder if not. people dive for him. They probably do, huh? I would not want to. I think that people might do it, but I just would not want to even touch <laughs> that. And it's at least in the crab, he's a little vulnerable. In the in the trap, he's a little vulnerable. Yeah, he's trapped, so he can't really get you. But he's like, all right, open. let's get this over with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ashley, uh, do you have any social media, Instagram, YouTube, or anything like that that you can shout yourself out? Yes, follow us on YouTube. It, uh, our YouTube is called Bean Screen TV. All our adventures are there. We have stone crab pulling and all fishing, tunas, backcountry, offshore. We, we do everything and we're a lot of fun. So check us out, subscribe. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, catching underscore Astrid. And uh, yeah, I'm a lot of fun. <laughs> I know, it's, it's, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, in regards to your husband or your fiance's um, company can people go charter a, a fishing day with him or how does that yes. work yes and he's even more fun than me if you guys go to <laughs> beansportfishing.com um his website has all the information and you can book a charter with him full day three-quarter day full day um i recommend the full day but yeah so just go to beansportfishing.com and he'll uh he'll be probably the most entertaining charter you've ever been on <laughs> and what what kind of fisher could you expect to go uh catch with him it depends on the time of year. Um, right now, triple tailing is a big thing that he does and you're sight casting and they are one of the best eating fish. Um, better than hogfish, I think. But, you know, tarpon is still around. Um, you can get a good sea trout bite with him. And uh, some he catches pretty big mangrove snappers um, too. So it's just a lot of fun. And you're, you're exploring the backcountry of um, 
you know, the Florida Keys. I got one last one for you. If somebody wanted to start getting into crabbing in Florida, what would be your main advice for a rookie like myself? Yeah, just go to the FWC website and uh, they kind of give you a really good step-to-step tutorial on like what you need, how to go about things, all the regulations and um, definitely buy your traps early because when it comes to like September, it's, it's going to be hard. So I would definitely get on that soon. Do a lot of people buy them? Yes. Uh, sold out. I like it. It's hard. That's why we had to stick with the uh, wooden traps last year, but we're going to be smart about it this year. <laughs> Rad. Thank you so much, Astrid, for coming on. No, thank you. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thanks, everybody, for listening in to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.